0: to you from the heart of the heartland. You're listening to LifeChat, a podcast designed to help independent agents make life easy. It's important to note the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of EMC National Life. Now it's time to get things started. Let's join our life insurance team.
1: Welcome to Life Chat. I am Chad Waller and yes i am still working from home but thanks to the wonders of modern technology i am able to join my co-hosts and we can put together this program kurt are you there i'm here excellent and rob oxenford are you also available
2: i'm here and still at the kitchen table
1: <laughs> gotta love those kitchen tables i tell you all right well on today's episode we thought what we would like to do is address some of the common myths that the general public has about life insurance in general. I know that uh, everybody out there of course we feel should have life insurance but there's a lot of people out there that don't even consider buying buying it because they have misconceptions about it. Things that they just assume are true but they haven't really looked into it. So the first one I want to go with and this was something that got to me when I was an agent and I brought up life insurance to someone and they would think about it maybe for themselves but then they would say this well the stay-at-home spouse doesn't need to have any life insurance, just the primary breadwinner. That one just really bothers me a lot.
2: And you hear it every day in an appointment. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: hmm they, they, they think they're gonna be saving money just by insuring the primary breadwinner. And, and I get that. You know, a lot of people, why do I need life insurance? To replace income. But even though you have a stay-at-home spouse that may not have an income, Oh my gosh, what they do is invaluable. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean,
1: if you had to replace all of the activities that they do in a heartbeat, you know, tomorrow that person is not there. Maybe you have kids, so you're gonna have to pay for daycare. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you don't have kids, but who's gonna cook? Who's gonna clean? Who's gonna maintain the household? Put a dollar value on that. See how much money you would spend having to hire a cleaning service having to hire a cook or taking out food every single day, then if you do have kids, holy cow, daycare? I mean, the cost of the stay-at-home parent is, or spouse, is very Valuable. important. It mm-hmm. is. And well, it like goes back say, to that Rob? old
2: phrase that, uh, you know, stay-at-home parent is one of the hardest jobs in the world. You know, I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that they they're managing a household there. You know, whether that is both inside and outside the home, Taking kids to different uh, athletic practices, um, not to, like he even said, cooking, laundry, all things. Those are all things that are time consuming that someone who is actually saying the breadwinner in the family, they're going to have to offset that. So they're mm-hmm. going to see actual reduction in their income on what they're taking home pay in the end of the day because they have to now pay for all these services. Um, you know, it's nice when you have, say, a family member who can kind of step into that role, say it's a grandparent or something like that, but a lot of times you can't. Uh, a lot of times where you're living or the grandparent's too old, maybe that facilitator, you have to find people do that thing, and that costs money, a lot of money, like you said, Chad. Think oh.
0: about that, uh, being a business owner, and say you own a business, and... You have a stay-at-home wife who's taking care of the kids, so that allows you more time to stay at that business to run the day-to-day operations and the management and everything that goes along with owning a business. Now, something happens to your spouse, it's going to take you away from that business mm-hmm. and not as much yep. time. Will that affect the business? Yep, absolutely. So from a business owner standpoint, it's huge to to have your stay-at-home spouse covered. And we always like oh. to, like to position it. Don't we? Never. Really, I never really. When 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 we t- when I talked about it when I was an agent, it never was, do you not work? Are you a stay home mom? It was, do you work outside of the house?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way We'd to phrase it. We'd always use that term, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think sometimes ahead, reason also uh, agents sometimes will maybe shy away from it is it's hard to put a dollar amount on that. I mean, right. generally we're looking at income like, okay, when you look at five, ten, maybe 20 times whatever that income coming in is. And I think when you're actually looking at a stay-at-home spouse, uh, I, I'll admit it, it's kind of difficult to quantify that kind of like. You said, Chad, at what point, like how much is childcare? As a kid gets older, hopefully that's less, but we have to get them to that point, you know? So maybe we are looking at, the say, the breadwinner's income, how much that income would loss and taking it at that time some sort of factor to kind of arrive at something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an easy misconception to have, because, again, people think about life insurance and they think about income, but when you have a stay-at-home spouse they are extremely valuable for all the reasons we just outlined and mm-hmm. this just occurred to me as well given the current COVID environment and a lot of people are all at home right now i think maybe that mentality might be changing i was just people about to say that yeah i've been home all the time now with
0: three kids <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a little different it's a lot of work <laughs> yes.
1: okay so hopefully we busted that misconception right there but that leads into another one that I think a lot well almost I would say almost everyone in fact the industry standard that I hear all the time is 80% of the general public have this misconception about life insurance. That's what I that hear too. Mm-hmm. That it's just too expensive. And I I want your guys' thoughts on that. What do you think? Life insurance it's too expensive.
2: I don't know how many times I've quoted someone life and the first words out of their mouth are, "Oh, that's a lot cheaper than I thought it'd be." Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and especially i you always show those people to kind of quantify I'm like you know that's a cup of coffee a day or something like that and when you kind of break it down like well yeah i guess i could save an extra twenty dollars a month to put towards life insurance i think that when they think about it they think well it's a million dollars i'm spending five 000, six thousand dollars a month to make this happen and yeah if i was in my late 80s that's probably true but you know a lot of times when you're having those discussions and planning for the future, it's really relatively cheap, uh, depending on what kind of product you're looking at.
0: I think, too, it's who's who's putting that thought in their mind? You know, were were they talking to somebody who has a health condition that was highly rated? Well, then, yeah, maybe it could be a little bit more expensive. Or were they looking at a permanent policy for a huge face amount? Then, yeah, that could have been more expensive. But the regular day-to-day average Joe, no. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, here, I'll just give you some actual figures. I looked this up, and statistically, um, the actual cost, now this is just on an average of insurance companies across the board. We're talking about a 30-year-old female purchasing $250,000 of term coverage for 20 years, okay? So you have a 30-year-old female buying a 20-year policy for $250,000. Average annual cost? 170 a year
2: Ooh,
0: that's,
1: that's it That's cheap <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i mean yeah i think the general public just feels oh life insurance it's so expensive just because they've heard of people that it, they've heard the worst stories you know mm-hmm. you always hear bad news first it seems like and it travels fast but this is the good news it's
0: very affordable very affordable it's, a, it's like 14 yeah. bucks a month
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I always heard this phrase too, and I've always liked this one where it said, "You know, this is um, the reason you buy life insurance is to you know pass on money. You always need to pass on funds when you're not there, and this is the cheapest way to do it. I mean, you either have to save a million dollars in your pocket, or you pay fourteen dollars and you get you know whatever coverage and you pass it on. So, and I, I think the biggest thing is just having that conversation. I think sometimes agents kind of Get, that almost gets in their head too, like, well, I don't want to bring it up. I just talked about a five dollar increase on their renewal, you know, for their home and auto. I don't want to bring up that what this life insurance is going to be, but you need to have those conversations because you might find out it's a lot cheaper. And it's like, well, I'm already going at five. If I go fifteen more dollars a month, eh, that's fine. You know, we're defactoring mm-hmm. it in. So.
0: And if you yeah, save a so million dollars, it's probably taxable. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs>
1: So if you're an agent out there, um, I would encourage you to put something up in your office, highly visible, that says, you know, life insurance, it's less expensive than you think, and have a sample Mm -hmm. rate. I mean, have something that's very visible that shows a rate, um, a realistic rate, but it's still going to be so much less expensive than what the general public thinks it is.
2: I like that realistic rate yeah don't put up a, a five-year-old <laughs> wanting two million dollars that you, know. you can yeah. get it for
0: thirteen dollars <laughs> you yeah. can get it for Three $13. bucks baby
2: that's all you need <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah
2: because you don't want to be that client who's saying like well wh- how do I get the rate in the lobby <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: okay, something that Rob said a little bit ago uh, kind of segues into uh, misconception number three is that I don't need life insurance if I just set aside savings mm-hmm. I'll set aside enough savings that I don't need to purchase life insurance
0: this one used to irk me so this bad is Kurt's favorite agent. Myth. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot Tell of times why, the person that could save that type of money to not have to have life insurance is probably doing pretty well in life usually there's some kind of businessman or they own a bit or business person and they own their own business, they're they're good with money. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So doesn't buying life insurance, where you can take, like, for every dollar, get $3, it come tax-free, you're probably good at business finance, doesn't that just make good business sense, (laughs) even if you could save it? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's funny because most people I know, like you said, who are in that mindset that, oh, I, I can save that amount. Um, usually are also the people who are buying life insurance to offset taxes, all these other things. I'm like, so they, they kind of have to how the wealthy keep their wealth. hmm Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't just have a million dollars sent in the bank that just keeps getting passed on because if you just kept going generation, it's just going to get smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. smaller and smaller. You need to have things to offset that.
1: And my big problem with this one is we're not savers. We're spenders. We're a society mm-hmm. of spenders. We, we purchase things. We do not save money. It's just our nature right now. Consumers. <laughs> um, it's all the yeah. advertising. Well, and here's, <laughs> here's some statistics to back it up. Um, this is from Life Happens. They did a study and they found that currently 29% of all millennials prioritize saving for a vacation over saving for life insurance. So almost a third of all millennials are saving money, but it's for a vacation. Um, I'd be surprised if that's outside
2: millennials. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) 23% of Gen Xers save for recreational activities or shopping over life insurance. So you have a large, significant portion of people out there that are saving a little bit of money, but it's not for life insurance. It's for things that they want to do. Whereas life insurance, I think, is something they should do.
0: Um, it it just because it's that, that intangible thing they can't touch. If you could mm-hmm. touch it, then I don't mm-hmm. think it would be such a hard
2: concept to understand. Oh, I'll send them a paper. Yeah. Uh, you know, a paper policy. They can put it in the <laughs> wall. They can put it up on the bookshelf. Take it out when friends are over for parties. Hey, look what I got.
0: <laughs> yeah, conversation I, piece. I, I,
2: well, and I think it's one of those things It's just that kind of like you said, Chad, you know, it's what is your priority? And I think the problem is, is I feel like sometimes in our roles, you know, we're constantly talking about life insurance and we see the priority of it. And sometimes we feel like a crazy person. We talk about it so much. Um, but, you know, for us, it is a priority. You know, we've, we understand how much it helps someone on the other side of the payout you know it helps families i mean everything we've talked about today somehow life insurance is going to make a difference in someone's life because they bought it and Mm -hmm. i think it's hard to think outside yourself sometimes especially especially at that young age i get that i mean i remember when i was saving up for a car or saving up for you know to go on spring break things like that and it's it's hard to have that concept like well if i died today who's going to take care of this 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 and this for me kind of like that what's what you say who do you love who do you owe I mean, that's, it's, you have to think outside yourself, and I think once you finally get to that point, it something is a priority, um, I don't want to say it's too late, but that time it does start to get more expensive. We talked about price earlier. I mean, if you were at that millennial age and you were buying it now, it's so dirt cheap that you could still save for a vacation and buy a policy, you know?
0: Right, and I think that kind of goes back to that second myth about is life insurance too expensive? No, mm-hmm. well, you should save for that vacation. You have to enjoy life. We're not saying don't do that. But, right. you know, it's, it's not as expensive as you think. It's not expensive at all. All right. Fourth myth. This one we hear quite a bit. I don't need
1: life insurance until I'm older.
2: Ugh. It's, it's <laughs> good to know that I that person knows like when that. they're going <laughs> to die. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, you need it when you're older because uh-huh. statistically you're that much closer to dying. But that also means statistically your life insurance
2: is that much more expensive the one that always I always used to hear this so much at is when I was at benefit fairs and I would sit there and someone would come around and like, "Well, we offer life insurance." Like, "Well, the work covers. It. I'll get it once I retire." Do you realize how expensive it is at sixty-seven? You're like thirty right now. I, like you, can- <laughs> Rob.
1: I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked because remember our thirty-year-old who was two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars for a twenty-year mm-hmm. term and it was one hundred and seventy dollars a year. Mm-hmm. She's now sixty-five.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She wants two hundred fifty thousand dollars. She can only max out at a twenty years. She can't get any longer period. That's true. And mm-hmm. instead of one hundred and seventy dollars a year, it is now on average one thousand seven hundred dollars a year.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Go ahead and
1: wait till you're older. I hope you've made a lot of money. <laughs> but then you run into the hazard if you keep the longer you wait, the worse your chances are that you're going to be healthy. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, the older you get the more expensive you become
2: mhm something is everything mm-hmm.
1: yeah like you die <laughs> accidents happen <laughs> yeah. they no. happen every day <laughs> just read the obituaries it's mm-hmm. it, it's eye opening but mm-hmm. yeah
2: what it's kind of funny too, just how like so many of these myths really kind of all fit in together too. You know, well I'll get it when I'm older because I already have it to work because it's too expensive right now, and I'll just set aside some money too. I mean, like it's almost like you, right. you feel like you're having a conversation with one stubborn client right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're
0: shooting him <them> down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean honestly if if i'm an independent agent i want to prepare for these myths because they're going to be the objections people think this is what's going on and so that's why they're what it really boils down to is people just aren't comfortable talking about dying Mm -hmm. and as an agent you can ease into that for them if you're prepared for these myths uh, for their misconceptions what people are thinking in their heads and then you can counter those then you're already kind of countering the objections you might face when you actually get to, you know, selling some life insurance and finding the appropriate coverages. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for this session. I appreciate everyone tuning in. And again, if you have questions, if you have comments, anything you'd like to let us know, please drop us a line at communications at E-M-C-N-L.com. That's communications EMCNL.com. Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: Stay safe, everyone.
2: Bye, everybody.